Well, hello, Pokey fam. We had two regionals going on this weekend, and uh, but we have a special guest today, and we're gonna do that first. So I'm Ryan, and I am Jacob uh, once again, and uh, we do have a very special guest, uh, like the head of all of Southeast Poke- Pokemon for the states, uh, Judge Extraordinaire, and just good friend of both me and Ryan, uh, Mr. Daryl Eilenberg. How you doing there, bud? Hi, friends. I wouldn't say with like I'm in charge. I am just. Um, a resource, a like expert resource for use in the area. I am no boss man. I do not represent kind of like, you know, I'm in charge. This is what I do. This is what I want you to do. I have no, nothing like that. No like regional boss thing. It's just I'm a resource that's out there for people to reach out to and I can help them guide them through the whole organized play process. Absolutely. Couldn't have said better myself. Uh, so for the podcast this week, normally me and Ryan like to talk about, you know, the regionals first, what did well, what didn't, but due to Daryl, uh, having Daryl here and with him being on a very limited schedule, we're just gonna jump right into our little, I guess, roundtable, informal interview, whatever the heck we want to call it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Like AMA kind of thing. Pretty much. Uh, so the... I just, we can just really jump right in. So the first question I have for you, Daryl, just me, so me and Ryan a little while back did kind of a advice episode from, you know, two judges, people who've been, pl- two guys who've been playing this game for years. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what is your advice for people wanting to get into the game and then like, how to start, what should they, like, what are good resources? And then as extension, what is your advice for people, I guess, like, like me, who's a newer judge, and for someone like Ryan, who is more experienced, but like maybe wanting to move up. So I guess, what's your advice for new players? And then to an extension, what is your advice for new judges? Okay. Um, So advice for new players is, um, you want to try to reach out to leagues, but maybe you don't know where your leagues are. Maybe you have no idea that leagues exist, but yet you hear your friends talk about this site called Pokemon.com. And you go onto this site and it happens to have this store locator for events. And those events include leagues. So you can type in your zip code and choose a travel radius and it will pop up addresses of leagues in local comic or card shops that people can go to and it gives them their times and then um, they can go and reach out to those locations. Contact information is on there. Um, And then you reach out to those stores and they'll give you like, you know, solidified times and you go out there. And then usually if you're new, um, what you want to do is reach out to a professor or league leader. So um, when you walk in or if you go into the store, if you're like talking to an employee, you know, you want to ask them, oh, do you know who the league leader is? Um, They can point you in the right direction. Um, And then you can just introduce yourself and say, hey, you know, I'm brand new to the game. What are some great resources? Um, Usually, most of the time, they would be willing to teach you how to um, play the game. Um, We do, as professors and league leaders, have resources and um, little mini formats, like mini ways or mini games that when you play them all together, kind of 
teach the basic mechanics of Pokemon. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And a lot of that is also done at um, regionals. And I don't know if you guys have seen that, but they have what's called first steps, which is very similar to kind of that learn to play process that we're trying to integrate into leagues as well. So new players can get that experience one-on-one. Um, other resources you can reach out to is on Pokemon.com. There are resources on there for new players, um, including YouTube videos on basic mechanics of the game, and they show you how it works. Um, another resource you can use is um, uh, PTCG Live. Um, that is out now as well. Um, it is still a fairly new app and game, so you know it has its moments. Um, but that also teaches you how to play the game in a more hands-on aspect. Maybe you're not quite ready to reach out to a league. Maybe you want to have a little bit more information before you go in. You can use PTCG Live as a way to learn the basics of the game before you go to that league and interact with other players. So I know that's a lot of resources, but that just shows you that there's such a wealth of resources out there for Pokemon for brand new players getting into the game. All right. I, I love that. That's honestly right. a lot um, of really good info. Ryan, you got something? Um, so for, I know Jacob, I'm still kind of training him at dark side. I've been giving him, uh, more days of running league by himself and um everything like that what would your advice be for him and other judges that are trying to become judges or just trying to get better um so uh right off the bat um if you are interested in judging usually what i notice um are sometimes players that are really into the game have enjoyed the game, but get very curious about the judging side of things. Um, I would suggest if you are one of those players that are very curious about the professor side of the program, um, reach out to your league leader at your league and say, hey, you know, I am interested. Um, But you also want to make sure, you know, you have to be minimum age, 18 years. Um, You do have to submit a background check. Um, for the process and the application, you do also have to take a basic professorship test. Um, so that may seem a little intimidating at first, knowing that there are some requirements. Um, there's even uh, newer requirements that have just come into play where there's a professor university video explaining the professor program so that you get a better understanding of what you're getting yourself into before you do it. And kind of doing that before you just dive into the application and into the test. Um, But if that all seems very overwhelming, you can just talk to your league leader and see if they would be willing to have you shadow them. Um, And those league leaders that are out there listening, um, you know, take them under your wing. You know, the greatest asset every league has is expanding that wealth of knowledge, finding people that want to be professors that want to add to your league, because it is very difficult to run a league by yourself. So you want to have to expand those resources and have other professors at your disposal so that you can all keep the league going without having to sacrifice your own personal lives. 
So um, you want, so those big leaders that are out there, you know, take advantage of the people that really want to see the other side of being a professor and understanding the rules. Take them under your wing, coach them, prepare them, show them resources um, under the rules and resources on Pokemon.com. Um, show them the tournament rules handbook, guide them through it. It might seem a little daunting, but I'm sure some of you out there that are experts as well know how to chunk out the tournament rules handbook so that it's more palatable for newer judges that are shadowing. Um, but at least they know that that's a resource so that when they do do the application, when they are confident enough that they want to sign up for their professorship, um, they have the opportunity to be like, okay, I know where the resources are. I know that I can look up these answers because the test, whichever one you take, because you can take a basic professorship in tournament organizing, you can take the certification in TCG judge, and you can take a certification in VGC judge. So it just depends which specialty you want to start off with. That'll be your first test and certification that you would go under. So whatever area you're most confident in, you want to make sure you, that you go down that path when you're taking that test. Um, the best advantage of that is that the test is open book. So you can have those resources there. Part of the whole objective of taking these exams is that we want to know um, when you're getting into the professor program that you know how to look up those resources. That if that question were to come up in a leak, or if you're deciding that you're judging at a tournament or a regional tournament level, like a regional championship. And we need to be confident that you know where to pick up those resources, where you can look up those answers. So that's, you know, that's kind of the benefit of having that open book test. It, it's just, you need to know where the resources are and how to get there and how to open it up. So you would take the test. And then if you've passed the test and answered all the questions correctly, um, the next step is that you would go through a background check. Um, that background check then will come back to you and let you know if that went through. And then usually you will get a welcome email from the professor program saying, congratulations, you passed, you received this certification, and they'll give you like the score that you got on your test. Um, and then you'll get access to more of those tools. Um, which is the OP, the OP tools dashboard. Um, but that's like, those are the steps. It's just how you want to go down that path. Are you going to dive right on in? Or if you're not so sure, are you going to take the path of shadowing and um, going to your league leader and having them kind of take you under their wing? So um, that's what I would suggest if you are interested in becoming a professor. Use the resources that you have at your disposal at the league that you are most confident at. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I took the test, uh, I literally had Ryan on the call with me, like helping me go through it. Um, Not giving I, answers, Daryl. No, no, he was helping. I, yeah, I, I was about I to say. I, I answered know, them. He, he was just there to help. You know, I, I'm, I'm always, you know, I always tell newer judges that are learning under me, like, if you're asking me that question, you know, I'm not going to necessarily give you the answer. I might tell you, you might want to look at this document. I'm not going to tell you where in the document, but I'm going to tell you, think about the question. Um, what is the main objective of this question? Okay, now look at the table of contents of the document. Is there something in here that kind of matches that scenario that you're being given? Okay, see if you can find it. And most of the time they can, because it's just 
kind of kind of getting yourself into that mindset of what's the objective, where do I need to go, and how do I get there? Because even when you're on the floor judging as a professor at a regional championship, you're thinking that same thing. You are out there, you go and get to a call, they present to you their sides of the story of the situation where the game state was broken. Um, you as the professor are now in a um, mindset where you're trying to solve this puzzle. Okay, where did it get broken? How do we fix it? Is it fixable? You know, how broken is the game state? Is it, you know, only slightly broken? Or is it really broken and we really can't fix it? All of this stuff is running through a judge's head as they're on a call. So really, like when you're when you're taking these exams and you're taking these tests, you know, you're starting to get your brain to work in that scenario aspect where you know, what, what is the overall objective of that question? How do I find that answer? Just like when you're on the floor as a judge, there's the scenario, how do I figure it out? Where it is in the tournament rules handbook under the penalty guidelines, you know, you're figuring that out. So, yeah. and that, yeah. Cause I, I know like even recently I asked you a question and you were like, I don't know, you tell me and sent me the link. And I was like, I mean, you're right. Because I asked about cups. Um, uh, like how many points and stuff are we limited to and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it, it makes sense. It just, um, I was just more in a rush to ask. And that's the only reason I really. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's understandable. And, you know, I get that, but it's, it is in a sense, me trying to get you to work that muscle in a sense, like, here it is, you know, you got to be, you know, it's funny, I make, I make this joke all the time, even with all of, you know, my professor friends, when I'm at regionals, you know, my joke is the difference between a good professor, and a great professor, is their ability to read. And in the sense of, are you willing to look up that information? Are you going to be curious enough to go and find it? Or are you not patient enough to do that and you're in a rush and you just want to get the answer? You know, because ultimately those great professors turn into those resources, you know, and, you know, that's kind of how I did it. And that's kind of how I feel I got to where I am now is because I'm taking the time to be curious enough to be like, okay, let me read this document. Let me ask the questions. You know, now I have that answer. Well, now that I have that answer, I can share that answer with everybody else so that not everybody else is in the dark. You know, it, you yeah. want to be, you want to put yourself in that position where people want to look up to you because they know that your information is true because they trust that you know how to do this research. You know how to find it. You know, you, you show the documents you pull it up right immediately because you have it as a resource. You know, I always have the penalty rules um, or the penalty guidelines with me at all times. It's on my phone. I have it as like a little saved app on my phone that when I click it, there it is, you know, and I can go through it immediately and show people where it is. You know, it's being willing to take the time to read the resources in order for you yourself to become that resource so that you can help guide others. And then those people guide others down the line. You know, it's kind of spreading out. We're spreading that information. We're working together. So 
that's really what it is. It's, you know, if you want to be a great professor, read those resources, you know, they don't just make them for anything, you know, um, it's, it's there. People have taken the time to write those documents to make sure that professors like yourselves that are out there know what you're doing. Um, and if something's not clear in those instructions where you can ask those questions, you know, um, but you took the time to look at those documents really. And it, it just, it's important. Now, like, because I, I another short story for me is I, I distinctly mm-hmm. remember at, at Orlando, like, I came to you right after a pretty, at least, a, I don't want to say a difficult judge call, but after a call mm-hmm. that I just didn't understand. And I want, like, okay. and like you being obviously uh, a judge I trust and someone who I know, I was like, hey, can you explain why this happened or how it worked the way mm-hmm. it worked? And like, mm-hmm. I remember, like, you gave me the explanation. I'm like, as as much as this sucks, it's it it makes sense, mm-hmm. and like I, and like I think that's such an important thing for new judges like to learn and to understand is just that, hey, even if, if you don't understand why a a ruling happens the way it happens, ask ask it. Ask, I'm just going to speak military here for a second, but I don't mean it like this. You ask a superior. Ask someone who, who's who been doing it longer than you. Well, um, yeah, it's just, you know, a- asking the men. I mean, my major role that I have been in this year on the regional circuit has been a mentor, has been that person that is that resource that's on the floor in a moment's notice that can help out that assistant head judge, that can help out that floor judge that can be that resource at a moment's notice that can step in and help, but not give rulings. It, exactly. um, so, you know, it's, that's, that's what it is. And even on the floor, the judges, even if they're, only, if they're 95% sure about a ruling, they still bounce it off of each other. Um, for those of you that are not familiar, there is a chain of command that we use within the judge community before rulings go out. Because our main focus in every regional event is the integrity of the event and making sure that every player is having the same experience throughout. So this chain of command is, you know, floor judges, normally, they can only give warnings. Now, some of you might be going, no, but I've seen floor judges come up to me and give me, you know, double prize or quad prize or game losses before. Well, that is because... Um, at that point, after that floor judge has investigated a situation and they go, you know, this really looks like this in the, the penalty rule, the, the penalty guidelines. Um, uh, but, you know, it's out of my jurisdiction. They actually have to go to their assistant head judge, who is also plays kind of like a head judge double role at times. Yeah. And the assistant head judge listens to that scenario and the fix and goes either yes or no. So that's a failsafe. And somebody that is that superior of knowledge is giving that other judge the yes or the no, the go ahead. So then that judge goes back to that table, delivers that ruling and the fix. Um, so usually it's they deliver the ruling, they explain the fix, and then after and before any kind of fixes happen, they go, okay, after I've just explained the fix and what the penalty is, would you like to make an appeal to the head judge? So it, now that you've heard everything, you heard what the consequence was, 
you heard what the fix was to get you back into a game state that was fair enough for you two to play. You now can be like, mm, if I'm not quite sure, then that floor judge will go and get the head judge. Um, the head judge will come over and assess the exact same situation, double check that situation with the judge that was dealing with the ruling. And then they make the final ruling and they go either, yes, this ruling stands or they go, you know, we realized something in the information that was just received and um, the ruling is actually this, you know, so even a higher expert is coming in and fixing if it needs to happen. So there is that chain of command that goes higher and higher. So it's not just that floor judges are out there rogue given every single ruling, however they feel like and however it needs to be done. There is actual fail safes out there that they are supposed to be following in order to ensure the integrity of the event. So yes, that what you are explaining about, you know, you're going to your superior. I mean, we do that same process as well, while also talking to each other if with other floor judges and going and seeing what their opinion is on rulings. You know, we try to actively do that during those regional tournaments to keep us on our toes so that at any moment we can answer those questions and deal with those fixes and do those rewinds and deliver those correct penalties. So everybody's experience is fair and everybody's experience ends up being fun. All right. Uh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, so moving away from judging for a second. Uh, okay. I, I just want to ask... I, I guess I probably should have opened with this question, but eh, as long as we get to it, um, how did you get into the TCG? Like, uh, like what, <laughs> what, I, I guess, what is your story for like start, like starting to play in this wonderful game? Because I know me and Ryan have like much different stories of how we started playing. I'm curious how <laughs> you got into it. Well, it's it is funny. Um, uh, my entire life, you know, I've always been the kid that's loved TCGs, you know, I mean, I remember my very first TCG back when I was in like, it was like third or fourth grade. It was like 94. It, it was, um, magic, the gathering. I mean, that was like the TCG that was out. Like that was the newest concept that, you know, was out there and the cards were cool. And, you know, I kind of got that feel of, Oh, collecting and open up these packs so that you can build these decks and you can play these games. And I'm like, that's really cool. And then throughout the history, as I'm getting older, other types of games like that were coming out and really enticed me. Um, now, I wasn't quite on that Pokemon path yet in the TCG when I was younger and it got to the US. That was more my little brothers. They were more into that. I was more into the video game and playing Red and Blue. Um, but staying in TCGs all throughout you know, my school years and my college years led me up to when I moved down here to Florida and found cool comics and games um, as my local store and started playing there. Um, really enjoyed it. And then um, in uh, 2016, um, I started working there and uh, I was helping run the tournaments that were going on there, but we never had Pokemon. We didn't have Pokemon. Um, we did, though, have a um, person start the league um, and was just doing casual play, getting players there and try to expand the player base. Um, 
and then it was getting a little bit too much for them to handle but they knew that i could run tournaments and keep things organized and get on media and show all of when our events are to get people out and just get the information out there so they were like hey we really need somebody to be a tournament organizer so that we can get um these other important tournaments so at that time was it was actually just as the league cups and league challenges were starting. Um, it was at the sunset of like cities and states that was all sunsetting. And then um, when I started was when league challenges and league cups had started for um, championship points. So they needed a TO that would run events so that we could get these events here at Cool Comics and Games. So I was like, yeah, sure. What do I got to do? So they're like, yeah, we need to. You need to take the test. Um, here are the resources. I did. I took the test and then they asked me for my background check, took my background check, just all those steps I was saying earlier. Um, got through that um, and then started running events. And then we got our, um, in 2016, we got our first um, pre-release, which was XY Evolutions. Um, which is such a funny story because now, you know, we look at that set in hindsight and after the pandemic hit and before when the before the pandemic hit and how that set was when that set came out it was just a little nostalgic set really didn't have too many cards that were were very important and so we treat that set like it was like yeah that's just a fun set not too many really great cards and then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and everybody wants boxes from xy evolutions and then it just skyrockets and then it's just like wow didn't even see that one coming and it was just so funny but that's just a tangent onto the fact that our very first pre-release at cool comics and games was for xy evolutions um we were able to fire off it was very small i mean it was a very modest i think it was like 10 players when we started it in 2016 um but then you know between reporting and running pre-release then we started getting challenges so now i'm like trying to get a feel of how competitive are our leagues going to be? Um, so we started doing the challenges and people were starting to come out and play them. And uh, one of those players was a, well, it was two players. It was a family uh, by the name of Retzloff. I walked was going to ask you those two later. Yeah. Um, they walked through our door um, and they are with their father who was a uh, seemed like a very confident individual as he walked in through that door and knew what questions to ask seemed like he was an expert parent on the the circuit he you know he walks in and he's he's seeing everything that's going on he's like okay all right because he want he's you know he he's been experiencing it and you know at that point in time like reagan and his brother ryan I think they were only like maybe a year and a half into the game at that point. Which is so weird to think about right now. <laughs> they were only like a year, a year and a half into the game. So like they they experienced some of like the states and the regionals and stuff, the, those bigger events um, and networked. So then they were seeing what I was doing and Steve comes up to me and he's like, you know, Daryl, you know, I... um got some suggestions for you. You know, I, I've got a lot of these resources. I know these people, um, you know, that are working on resources and stuff that uh, will really help you as an organizer. He's like, you know, um, 
I need you to talk to the Perros. And I was like, the Perros? And then he's like, yes, they have this like um, software thing that they use for registration and stuff. You know, reach out to them, tell them your ideas and see what, you know, see what they say. You know, um, they have this registration system they're working on. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because at that time, you know, I was like stone age doing all of our registrations for events, especially when we got cups. Because when, when I'm saying that Steve was making these suggestions was later on a little bit after we were qualified for cups. So I was running my first couple of cups just using Google Forms and just saying, hey, guys, get on here. Give me your information and you'll save your spot. But I had a limit to it. So I realized how difficult that was because I would reach a limit. And then some people were like, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. So then that spot opens. And then how do I communicate that to people about that? That spot's open again. Um, and then I couldn't guarantee that those people were going to show up and pay for the event. So, you know, it was a little archaic system. Um, but I made it work. But it, it was a bane of my existence. And I think Steve saw that. And he was mentioning to me about seeing to reach out to the Perros. And I did at regionals. Um, it was uh, Collinsville regionals, I think, is when I had reached out to them to use RK9 at a local level. And um, they, they were working on that idea. And I thought that was really cool. And I was able to bring that down here. So like RK9 reached out here in Florida to kind of organize our cups even more. Um, and that resource was down here, including, and then we were like some of the first leagues when we were doing our cups, we were some of the first leagues that started using the um, deck, the online deck submission system. Because I don't know if you guys remember doing the paper list yeah. <laughs> and having to submit the paper list for events. Yep. You know, it was, it, it can be time consuming, you know, and then you have all that paper. And then, you know, the pros come up with this amazing resource of submitting deck lists online and it makes organizers lives so much easier and we were able to kind of bring a professionalism locally to cups and players really enjoyed that and you know i you know i will say this till the end of time <laughs> the retzlofs and the perros have been like my lifeblood and resources and energy and people that have gotten me to where i am because they had one ultimate goal. Both these families have an ultimate goal. Bringing, you know, such a professionalism and a great community together, they, they want to improve things so that the community and the quality of life of the community is exceptional. And they have that passion. And they drove me with that passion to reach out for these ideas and see what I can do to try to help out as well. And it, it, I don't know, it's just, it's really important to me. And I, I kind of like giving them that shout out because they, they are important families that have gotten me to where I am. Um, and they drove me to do better. And that's how I, you know, reach those next steps and organize those cups with all of those organizers in all of Florida, which before pandemic, we scheduled our last set of cups and we never got to finish them. And just to say we had 27 cups to schedule in the state of Florida right before the pandemic. We were able to do it as an entire state because we all worked together. 
through communication. So just that drive to get out there and have that ultimate goal of getting players the best experience possible and helping those newer judges and newer organizers have have ideas that will help create events that are memorable for players and get them coming back that benefit stores and then benefit their local community gaming stores and comic stores. You know, it has this amazing outward effect that it, it just ripples into the community um, just by wanting to innovate the player experience to the benefit of the players. And that's been my driving force just from the very beginning. And I feel like that's where, and that's what got me to where I am now is just how do I make the judge experience, the professor experience and the player experience better all around. For sure. Definitely. I mean, like Ryan's probably heard this story before, but like for me, like I started, I didn't, I also actually started playing 2016, but keep in mind, I was a freshman in college when I started playing, mm -hmm. um, that lets you know how much of a baby I am compared to the two of you. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, I literally went to my local game store, and they just happened to be having Pokemon that day. Like, that was their league day. Mm -hmm. And I talked to the owner, who, funnily enough, I saw for the first time in, gosh, 2023, in th four years, at Charlotte, which was really funny. Um, but, like, I went, I was like, hey, what's going on? And he explained it to me. And like I was like, okay, cool. Maybe I'll I like I ended up buying a box of Evolving Skies. This was when Oh my gosh. Oh, was Roaring that the reprint? Skies. Sorry. Roaring Skies. Uh Roaring yes. Skies, but Okay, because oh my god. That yeah. said, it was like the bane of my existence. You're like <laughs> it was so hard to get. And that shaman was so expensive. And then oh no. my god. And and then all of a sudden they're like oh yeah, we're going to reprint this set. And then I'm like, grab it all up. I'm like telling Tom at the shop, I'm like, we got to get as much as we can because we're going to sell out of this. It's going to be great. So we get a whole bunch of it. And then we're selling, selling, selling. And then all of a sudden it starts slowing down real quick. And then all of a sudden we're like, crap. We have all of these boxes left. Yep. Well, it's... it's, it's and the set wrote... It, and it happened at rotation. And we're like, crap. Like, how do how do we promote this to like expanded players like hey there's really good cards in here that you can use and expand it you know and trying to sell those boxes i swear it took us i think like a year a year and a half to sell off that that like backstock of uh roaring skies oh my yeah. god that's that <laughs> yeah i mean the funny thing is i was like at the time i've been saving money because i didn't really go mm -hmm. out much my freshman year of college not by choice um right but I bought a box, and literally the second pack was that full art shape. <laughs> and oh my god! I remember losing my <laughs> mind and like fall. And that was basically like the moment I fell in love with this game. Is just mm -hmm. that that initial excitement. Um, and like when I first moved down here, uh, like cool comics will always hold a, a nice little space in my heart because besides Dark Side, it was how I first got introduced to the scene down here. It's where I first met Ryan because of one of the league days. It is when I first mm -hmm. met you because of a. I think it what what was it? It was um, was it Evolving Skies, uh, box tournament? I don't remember, but that was the first time I hadn't met you like face to face. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just find that really interesting that one we actually started playing around the same time or at least getting into it. Mm -hmm. But uh, right. 
Uh, well, but we're going down different paths at that time. Ab- absolutely. You know, uh, I was like in a hybrid mode at that time where, you know, I was kind of like playing the game and like participating when I can. But my real focus was making sure that the tournaments were there and that the community was growing. So I kind of had more of a balance, but it sounds like you were more of player focused balance at that time. Jacob was too busy being becoming Lieutenant Dan. Oh my god! Don't start this. Uh, Oh jeez. I I do actually. Since you brought them up, I do want to. I want. I know Ryan's Ryan has told me his reasons for this. Uh, Speaking of Reagan, Ryan, I just so I met so I met uh, Mr. Retzlaw for the first time at Charlotte. Very sweet man. Like it was a pleasure to actually meet him for the first time and talk to him. Yeah, he's great. He is. Um, he's a presence. He is definitely a presence. Yes. Uh, I just want to know, how do you feel seeing players like Reagan, like Isaac, Jaden, Taylor, all these kids who started in juniors, moving mm-hmm. up like up divisions and just improving and like just. And, and, and in Reagan's case, still dominating. Yeah, some of the best players in the world. Like, how does that make you feel as a TO, as a judge of like, hey, this this kid used to like started with me, and he still like plays at my stuff, but now he's gone on to bigger and better things. Um, so it it's weird because it's <laughs> it. it there is a pride factor to the whole thing. Um, I think, you know, my biggest emotional moment, I would say, where I was in genuine tears, like crying moment, was when Isaac was in finals of juniors in Worlds 2019. And seeing him up there and how professional that junior looked playing those cards in that high pressured environment and knowing that he developed those skills through the resources at my league and the community that we've had that just he embraced and he worked on from day one. I mean, I watched him get his first top eight at his very first regional in the juniors division. And that was in 2017, um, Daytona Regional. That was the first Daytona Regional I think we had, because 2016 was the last Orlando one we had. Um, Because that was in the Doubletree Ballroom. And then events were just way too big at that point, because there was a big boom right after Pokemon Go came out. Um, But then we were in Daytona Beach, and that was my very first regional that I worked for yeti and had that very first experience and that's when you know i met the crecklers and they (laughs) they have played a major part in my life too you know from day one on the professional circuit you know you know i can go on for days you know my story is like that was also my first regional you know who my first head judge was who was it bobby mikey collins what was mikey Mikey Collins was my first head judge. He was my mentor. He is how I kind of like emulate my personality as a judge is that warm, loving quality that Mikey gives off. I try to have that kind of Sam emulating energy when I am on that floor. So like Mikey was my example. (laughs) I really hope this, this does not come off wrong, but that explains so much because when I first started playing, I watched 
uh, Deerium's and Mikey's videos to like to mm-hmm. learn and to understand the game. And uh, Mikey was like my, my first ever regional, which was the standard 2019 Daytona one, the one in November. Mm-hmm. Mikey was right. the head judge there too. That yep. that is wild. <laughs> yep, and it's. And, you know, you know, to this day, like, you know, Mikey and I are really close friends and, you know, it's, I look back at that, like, there are so many people that have had a major effect in my life in the Pokemon community as a professor, you know, and have been such great examples and great guides, um, as I went along. So, you you know, it, it, it is that, but like, like getting back to the story about Isaac, but like, I saw him get his first top eight. Um. And then watch him grow and get into that finals. It just, it was like watching his life within the league pass before my eyes as he's on that stage in Washington, D.C. for his final match. And how he handled himself professionally up there at his age, it was just like, it was so awe-inspiring that I just got so emotional watching it. You know, and then, you know, the funny part is when he got his trophy and it ended up breaking. You know, he's trying to figure out what to do with it. Oh, that poor kid. Oh, um, so. But, you know, I mean, he he got a trophy that, you know, it was fixed and everything was good. But, you know, that that was a moment, too. It was a funny moment. But then, you know, and then watching, you know, Ryan and Reagan, you know, Ryan kind of growing out of the game and going on his own path. You know, and it's still great to see him because I still see him on occasion when he's in town, you know, and it's so great to see him go on in his life, you know, because at the end of the day, like your leagues are your family, even if like they grow out of the game, they kind of create those bonds with one another. And they just even when they leave the game, like if another one of their family members are still in the game, they still come around. They still check up on each other. They're like, hey, how's it going? You know, they check up on their lives. They meet up with each other outside of League. Like, it's a family, you know? And it's 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 a really great environment. But, like, checking up on Ryan and then, um, and then seeing Reagan go through the game and grow and just watching how, you know, the biggest, watching him grow from juniors all the way up to Masters and see how successful he is. that's that's honestly amazing like i i like me and ryan speaking for dark side like we're we're starting to have that kind of i guess impact that kind of community right now because we have a handful of seniors and a handful of juniors who come every week who are starting to do these bigger events uh the bit the biggest and best example is uh jude uh saharian i don't know how you say his last name but mm-hmm. he did he he did well at Orlando. I think he topped thirty two or at least top sixteen. Mm-hmm. He did well, and I was very happy. Right. It's a kid I've seen starting to play with us, and then here he is doing better than even a lot of us adults. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's such a it's such a and as we go on, I want I I basically love seeing what you basically what you just described. Um, yeah, it's it, it's just because you you invest so much into it, like you can really tell based on how much energy and effort you put into your leagues, like that connection. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I know um, like for me, it's uh, seeing Taylor 
starting mm-hmm. uh, when I first when I first met him, he was like nine, and seeing him go from where he is now to or from where he was mm-hmm. to where he is now it is yeah. like he's still a great player. He's still gonna do well um, going into Masters, I I believe. Um, so, but he still has a couple years before that happens. So, hopefully, he can still improve more because uh, everyone can improve no matter who they are. Oh, oh, yeah, um, you know, absolutely, you know, and you know, like I said, everybody's path is different, you know, and how long they're on that path is, you know, it's their own choice, you know, whether you stay in the game, you don't stay in the game, or you know, you have your sense of different focuses on in your life because. You know, there we all have normal lives outside of Pokemon and things that affect our lives. You know, you could be sick and can't go to an event, so you got to focus on getting better. You know, it, it, and maybe you have something that's happened in your work life, and your focus is on that, so that you know your quality of life doesn't change. So you had to kind of give up Pokemon for a little while, like those external factors can happen so like i said everybody's path's different in the game and and nobody should feel discouraged about that nobody should feel discouraged if somebody is you know progressing better in the game faster than they are you know it's just different paths and just understanding that the ultimate goal is are you having fun do you enjoy this game are you enjoying the company of the people that are across from you when you're playing your game yes great that's all that matters 100 experiences those memories so never feel discouraged never you know keep going if you're enjoying it if it makes you happy keep doing it yeah i forget who it was uh someone from girl power i was playing against uh she was so so nice and like just that team in general as well they're Mm -hmm. that's filled with a bunch of great people and they're so caring and everything like i was like holy crap i gotta take my anxiety meds after this match and she's like no i'll wait you take them now and we'll go from there if we go into time Mm -hmm. you know because she wanted to make sure i was good because for whatever reason my anxiety was spiking and i brought my extra meds but Mm -hmm. you know for someone to actually be like no like you need to do that now like don't wait do it now It, it it like sparked something in my mind that i was just like right Wow. At the end at at the end of the day, really, and that that's a really great story and a really great message because at the end of the day, the game is no impo- no more important than the person that is sitting across from you and their health yeah. and who they are. Yeah. So that game is gonna be there no matter what happens, but that person across from you may not be if they're not taking care of themselves. So stop what you're doing, you know, show compassion for one another, you know, and you know, if you don't understand something, ask the questions, be polite about it, you know, don't try to take advantage of people and their disabilities or disorders or any kind of things that they might have to go through so you can get an advantage in the game that just, that's so backhanded and so wrong. You know, that doesn't really create a great environment in our community, you know, but stopping and having compassion and being like, nope, the game can stop. It's still there. We can, we have resources here to take care of this. You take care of you first. Yeah. We'll come back to the game. 
that is the most important message as players out there. We should always be trying to lift each other up, not tear each other down. Yeah. Please. And, and that is a huge message. And that's what community. I and that's what I always say like to people at league are in team chat and everything like when drama starts or if bickering starts, I, I kill it right then and there. I'm like, y'all need to stop this. Y'all need to take this outside. You all need to message each other privately because this is something that we don't need. My anxiety spikes up when, uh, you know, a bunch of friends are in this chat together and y'all are bickering and arguing with each other over stupid drama. You know, it just, you, you yeah. gotta remember. You gotta yeah. remember that. You know, y'all are friends at the end it. of the day. <laughs> right, right, right. So and you know, it's not. It, it's not the time or place for this. Right. You know, and I feel like, oh gosh, like that whole having understanding, like in a situation where people are arguing and not getting along, like it's just taking a step back is so important at a moment like that because if it's if you're not feeling well how are you supposed to handle that situation that's going in front of you if you're you're worried about like oh my god i can't think clearly because my anxiety is spiking how am i going to help those players in this situation right now yeah you should always put yourself first because if you if you're not taking care of yourself you're not going to be able to take care of the players too yeah for sure Especially at events and stuff like when we're just like regular league night and y'all are, uh, well, I say y'all like you and him, but <laughs> <laughs> like when anyone at league is just like starts arguing, I'm like, dude, this is supposed to be like a fun time. It's not supposed to be that competitive. Yeah, we're playing for a prize pool or whatever, but like, calm down. We're, we're all, no, we're all well, in the same game. We're all trying to have you, fun. <laughs> you guys know how I am when those situations arise. I go into teacher mode, and I'm just like, nope. Stop it. Yep. Time out. Go to the corner. <laughs> it's just, we're going to talk this out, you know. No cookies take a breath, for you. Finish your game, yeah. and then take a breath. Step outside. Clear your head. I have, because I have been on the really, Peter Daryl before. <laughs> like, stop for a second and breathe. Is it really worth working yourself up over something as silly as a misinterpretation of a ruling on a card or a yeah. miscommunication issue in a game? Is it really worth getting yourself heated over? It's not. We, you know, you want to make sure you're staying in that mindset. It's it's supposed to be a fun game. So yeah, just. In those situations, Ryan, like, just, you know, remember, keep yourself, like, you know, take a breath. Like, okay, guys, let's get back to this game. Let's be professional about this. Stop. And at the end, just go to your separate corners, take a breath, clear your head. That's it. That's all it is. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, I have asked, like, the last two questions. Do you have something? Um, <laughs> no, not really. Um. I, I do have something to like lighten the mood because I don't know how much time you have. <laughs> you're, fine. Um, you're fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. 
no, it's it's fine. So, guys, no, you, you know, and I always like to preface this, like, when I start talking about things that I am passionate about, I always feel like I'm a rambler. And I don't want people to think, like, I just want to, like, talk, 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 talk. But it's just, there's so much emotion behind it. Like, it really, like, I am so passionate about this game. I'm so passionate about Absolutely. the player's experience, the professor's uh, experience, okay. that I just... You know, no, I could no, go on for not. days I was about it. Because hundred uh, percent, Ryan did mention you are on a. So I always like to preface. I'm sorry if I seem like I, I ramble. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, uh, it, okay. It really, it really just comes down to the fact Fair that enough. I have been traveling uh, all day well, today. I guess. Okay. So my <laughs> to come on. So next, I guess next after this past weekend. So is uh yeah just just curious because I, I like to ask this question of all my friends of all people who i meet when it comes to this game uh what is your favorite pokemon like who is it i'm just i'm genuinely curious everybody has a different answer uh, okay oh i know that answer oh. yeah it's uh for people who know me and this is this is something that's really funny. This is also like that mentor. That's the kind of thing that connects me is um, my favorite Pokemon okay. is the same okay, as that, Mikey actually, Collins' favorite fits, Pokemon. That and that is Eevee. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I told him uh, I would pay for a tattoo Floyd, uh, of the yeah, Eevee yeah, jumping yeah, through the triangle know. into the all the evolutions, but he said he won't so, get it. So yeah, the Pink Floyd one, right? <laughs> so like, really, ultimately, I my judge style is very much like Eevee. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched like the newer series that's been on Netflix, but Eevee has been a character on it. And Evie doesn't want to evolve, but Evie wants to kind of understand itself before it makes this really important decision in its life as to what evolution it is going to become. So it's going on this adventure and meeting these other evolutions and watching them use their moves and adapt and learn. Mm-hmm. Evie is like a, per- it's like a, pokification of my judge style. I want to adapt. I want to learn. I want to be able to adapt like an EB from all of my experiences I mean, and be able at a moment's notice to help anybody that may need wished, it, no honestly, matter where they my are. Explanation, usually for my favorite Pokemon, I had like a very deep uh, like answer. Because like for me personally, I, Ryan knows this, my favorite is Blaziken. Like he was my first ever starter when I first started playing the video games. Yes, Blaze Chicken. I anytime there's a Blaziken card, I legit try to make a deck that makes it work. Blaze never prints a good one, so it do, it's very unsuccessful. <laughs> it did, but did it really have any actual success? I mean, the Rapid Strike box did kind of work, but kind. But you know what? There's. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you see people in league all the time, like trying to take their favorite Pokemon. Like oh, no. we have a player at league say, who mention, will do anything Pokemon to try to make a deck I, I with Victini work back. if it's there. You <laughs> know, <Brian>. they, yeah. <laughs> Please don't bring it back. Please have mercy. Yeah, dude, I love my Victini control deck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I uh, I don't I don't know if I it's honestly, uh. 
if it's going to be good post-rotation, man. Oh, I do. I do have one one question. Did okay. anything exciting happen this past weekend at the regional? I would say that this weekend, the most exciting thing. So me, um, this past weekend, my position was as the mentor lead. So I really kind of just go around on the floor, checking up on the judges, checking up on the assistant heads and heads seeing what I can do to help them and coach them and be a sounding board for them during the event. It was so refreshing because I walked around that hall and it just professors bouncing off of each other, working hard to make sure the event went smooth and the event went smooth. And it was my very first event at Fort Wayne because I was supposed to work Fort Wayne before the pandemic happened. And then we'll, we all know what happened there. So this is my first one at Fort Wayne, but the setup of the entire regional was so cool. Having like vendor alley and then a separate area for, um, you know, concession. It was, or not concession, sorry, but for like uh, side events, it was, the layout was just so cool. And you could tell like the player experience, they really enjoyed it. And it just, it seemed like a very smooth event. Like I don't, I did not feel like there was a real big, exciting thing that happened. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, it was just, and it was great because the, the, the professor teams were in very high, like, great spirits. You know, the, the players were in good spirits as well. You know, it just, it overall, overall felt like a very great event. Um, Daryl, I feel like I have to Interesting. technically send this to you, so I'm going to send you a message on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, it, it's uh, someone posted on Verbank, and uh, it's a Florida store doing this, so um, you're gonna have to. While Ryan is doing that, Daryl, I do have probably one final question for you, and then we can we can let you go. Uh, so as you are probably very 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 aware, being what you do, mm-hmm. uh, Scarlet and Violet is legal in a week. Finally. We are almost free of this format. Um, I'm so I'm just curious on like what your initial thoughts yep. are on uh, Scarlet <laughs> and Violet as a set. Like what you how you feel about rotation. Just like what wh- what do you think? What are your first impressions? But, yes, yes. My uh, so well, a little, yeah, over, a little, a little over. Hold on, let me let me be clear here. A, a week from this upcoming Friday. But uh, what are your first impressions? I know people have already been testing stuff at at, uh, at Dark Side. Yeah, it's it's, cards, yeah, it's it's pretty close. Uh, I'm sure. But yes, uh, cool <laughs> comics and the other stores down there have also been experimenting. What what are you what are you thinking? Um. Well, I am going to be flat out honest with you guys. I have been a little bit removed from leagues. I don't know if you guys know or not, um, but I am in the process of working on a very big change in my life. Um, and that big that big change is I am moving out of the state of Florida um, at the, the by the end of August and like moving into the state of Washington. Um, it, 
it, yeah. it, it, it most bottom right corner, it, top left corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it, it's a very big decision. So, you know, I, I, I know you guys might've been picking up on the whole, making sure you're taking care of yourself um, before taking, you know, before you can take care of everything else. Well, I've had to take a step back from leagues um, and kind of guide and train from behind the scenes, our um, new league leaders um, that are going to take over after I leave. So unfortunately, I have not gotten to really experience the cards quite yet or have had the time to um, watch my usual like sit downs on YouTube and watch like interactions with the cards yet. Um, well, yeah, but like, well, Japan plus only <laughs> didn't they just come out on uh, live this past week? Yes. Okay. So. Well, yeah, like you know, y- usually when I'm really into the TCG at that time, you know, and I have the time, yeah, I will be looking at the Japanese decks online and seeing where it is. But I have been so far removed at this time because I'm working on that big life change. Um, but I'm still very active right now behind the scenes um within the community trying to make sure that um what we are doing here in florida to make sure that the player experience is the best one possible is also happening within the entire southeast region that i am um, helping guide at this time as an rpc so i'm trying to get everybody on board to make sure that the player experience that we try to have here in florida is everywhere so that stores are working together and everybody's benefiting from, you know, the players all the way up to the store owners and, you know, the league owners and the league leaders. So um, that has been a lot of my focus and project right now is a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. For but yes, being... I will. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I was just saying so. But yeah, I will be um, most likely leaving uh, at the end of August, uh, moving to Washington. For being the RPC of the area that you're in right now, mm-hmm. when does your contract end? Um, uh, I really am not comfortable sharing that. Um, but I, I can say that um, even after my move, um, I am still a resource. I'm not just because I'm moving doesn't mean or moving out of Florida does not mean I'm out of the community. It's just I'm moving me as a resource from one end of the country to the other end of the country. But I am yeah. still a resource. And, you know, this confounded Internet that we have, you know, I think uh, you guys have multiple ways to get a hold of me. If you guys have questions or need to use me as a resource, I'm going to be still at regionals. I'm going to be trying to share my knowledge of league and my passion for player experience in um, the Northwest. Um, So, I mean, I'm still here guys. Uh, And as far as my position as RPC, um, you know, if things change, you guys will know, you know, whatever I am allowed to share, I will share, but it's, um, uh, I will still be here for you guys. I still have my eyes on the area. So, you know, it's, I might be moving away from my family, but it's still my family. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that, this is my chosen oh. Pokemon family. So, yeah. Cause you've been, I mean, you've been here for so long and it, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to 
move away but exactly. like you said it's a much needed move and you got to better yourself and everything like that so mm-hmm. it's what's you know, most it's, important for you not what's most important for everyone else right and you know when when i made the decision and sat down and made that choice you know at the end of the day what i offer currently is not going to change just because i'm moving doesn't it's not going to change what i can provide or be a resource or be that person that's willing to listen to what you need. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, you yeah. gotta just pick up the phone and reach out to me. That's it. I'm yeah. there. For sure. And I'm, I can attest to that because I've called you a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So, Thank you so much for being on. Well, I think that's all we got for you, Daryl. So I appreciate okay. you coming on tonight. Oh yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys asking me. I really do. I appreciate you guys asking me. And I think this this show that you guys have is it is evolving. And I use that word intentionally. Um into something really great for the community. And I really like to see where your guys' show goes. Because the, this is this is really good. And I, I, I like what you guys are doing. The ultimate goal is for me and Jacob to one day apply to be like the announcers, like Chip, mm, the commentators. Yeah, yeah, yeah the commentators. <laughs> I know that'll be a really hard position to get, but you know, if we evolve, if we evolve, like you said, more and more, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the easier it'll get down the road. You know, or if we just keep what? applying and stuff. You know, even, you know, at the end of the day, guys, you know, that's, I kind of have like this mindset of you can always have these two paths available to you in your life or these multiple paths available to you in your life. So right now it sounds like you have that goal of wanting to be a commentator, but you also have this really great show that you're working on. Well, right now the path you are on is this really great show, but that fork in the road is always following you. Yeah. Until that opportunity presents itself and then you can switch that path. And yeah. I have that in my own life. Like I, I am a teacher. When I move, I intend on con- trying to continue to teach. That's my path. But, you know, I have my other dreams and that other dream is right there and it's still following me. I'm just waiting for the opportunity to open up so I can take that alternate path. So, you know, you have it there. So don't ever forget about that goal. Absolutely. But I don't mean, forget about what you are providing yeah. for this community it, it, because it, 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 it can really turn I mean, itself into an for asset. Me and Ryan, when we yeah. started this well, a I appreciate over a that. year ago, we never Absolutely. imagined we'd still be doing this right now. <laughs> and and let, let alone have like two of the most uh two two of or yeah, two of yeah. Uh, <laughs> most influential people in at least a Florida scene, as in like you and Mr. Retzlov, like give us that support, give us like that. Uh, I guess stamp of confidence. I don't know what the phrasing is. My brain stopped working. Um, mm-hmm. Vote of confidence. There it is. Uh, like, say, like keep like to, for us to keep going. Honestly, means a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's it's going to be tough trying to like stay back without having to really kind of dive back in from the distance. Cause it's just like, right now I'm trying to like hand off the baby, like get the little baby out of its nest finally. 
and let my local judges and league leaders start to fly and add their own little spice to what I've created and be comfortable with it. Because it's, like I said, intentionally evolving. And I am excited about it. I'm excited about what the future holds for the leagues, even after I leave. I hope that the impact that I have given to the community, at least in our area in Florida, at the very least in our area in Florida, you know, has had such an impact that the leagues still continue to grow, still continue to thrive, and still continue to have the reputation of being a professionally run player experience first experience like like i know i use experience twice so redundant but like just it, it just continues but has that little twist based right. on whoever is running think, it right i think but ultimately has that go, foundation Darryl. again thank you so much for hopping yeah. on and talking with us um and uh i guess i guess the last thing we can really say is uh okay yeah thank you again Darryl. thanks Have guys thank you i appreciate it you guys have a great night. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, guys. Good night. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that was a little bit of a confidence booster at the end, huh, bud? <laughs> but, uh... Th- oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Too, but I know, but, uh... Ser- All right. Us and sailors uh, coming back. Fact. Daryl, if you're listening, again, uh, thank you so much for hopping so on. Much. <laughs> if, uh, you are awesome, and uh, we are definitely, like, this whole community is definitely losing such a, a huge personality and a huge help. But obviously, like, speaking for me and Ryan, we wish you nothing but the best. Um, so, bud, you ready to talk about the last two regionals of this god-awful format? 100%. Yeah, um, I say since we're already going over an hour right now, uh, let's just oh, do oh, yeah, top yeah, eights. Sure. Let's and if and if we see any like Mimi decks, yeah, that's say, fine. But we don't need to talk with, about uh, all Sydney because it's the smaller one. Just uh, uh, and and no, people that we know. Sydney. So uh, Sydney, Australia, won by Brent Tonneson. Okay, okay, first off, I just want to say this top eight was dominated by by Lost Box. Half of the decks were Lost Box. I know, but I still want to go over that. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, we don't again, have deck lists for Brett Sydney. Tonson, first place, lost. But Bay. on limit list, we second do. Second place, Jeremy I Lynn. Think. Yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> with emojis next to his name, I don't know why that's there. Zamacenta. Uh, lost zone yeah. uh, box. Third place, it, Johnson, but, lost yeah, it's just showing. Fourth place, Courtney Fox, Sableye, and Zamazenta. Fifth place, Matthew Burris with Lost Ray. Sixth, Jeremy Evans with uh, Lugia. Seventh, Arcadura with by James Williams, and eighth place, Shane Quinn with uh, Vickavolt. Uh, some notable players, some notable stuff to go over. Natalie Miller, a former multiple-time regional winner in Australia at this point, barely bubbled out. At nine four one playing Mew, um, and just going down. So it. Oh my God. Uh, hey, our zip code. <laughs> our zip code. I don't know where you're trying to go, but there you go. There you go. 
Or not zip uh, code, our, uh, yeah, 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 our zip code. But yeah, like, go, right? going through zip it, code? like, we got no. a lot of area like, code. Same, area code. Like me and Ryan have been saying, this area code. That's what I meant. This horrible format is almost over. Uh, this is the last time we'll, we'll talk about a lot of these. Well, I don't think it's the last time we'll talk about any of these decks, but at least the last time we'll talk about these iterations. And we can't be happier for it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, with no real deck list, we can't really go over Cindy that much. Uh, yeah. But again, congrats to Brent for winning. And uh, do you just want to go straight into Fort Wayne? Sounds good. Uh, Fort Wayne Regional Championships, 1,154 yeah, we'll Masters. Holy shit. Why does oh it keep God. getting bigger? Like you would know. Um, <laughs> anyway. That's um, what she said. Won by a Mr. Maxwell Johnson on. I wouldn't. Goudreau winning the last big event of this this format. Uh, looks like going through his journey, uh, beating from round one forward, beating Arc Dura, uh, Fusion Mew, High in Control, beating Lugia, beating Arc Dura again, beating Mew Dactyl, beating Vicavolt, beating Regis, losing to Lugia. Beating Mew, beating Arctura, tying Lost Ray, uh, beating the Mirror. Oh God, dude! Can you imagine how like toxic and how unfun a Gudra Mirror should, would be? Um, beating Lugia, beating Lugia, beating Grant Manley in top eight, beating Regis, beating Xander oh, Bennett yeah. in top four, uh, playing Mew, and then beating Lugia in the finals with Noah Sawyer, but. I mean, look at the list, because thank you, Pokestats Live, for finally adding deck lists. Um, there isn't much to report here. It's your general standard Lost Zone Gudra. But still, like, I'm actually kind of happy to see something that's not Lugia win the last regional. Um, second place, Noah Sawyer with, with Lugia. It is just your standard Lugia. I have yeah. nothing else to report here. Uh, going through his uh, his his day, he was on a freaking roll from round 8 to round 17, just running into the Gudra. Uh, running into the Gudra kind of screwed him near the end. Oh yeah, that must have been winning in, if I think about uh, yeah, I mean, he won against a Gudra round 9. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, Bandy won against a Gudra in round it, three. It, but it's also a notoriously hard matchup for Lugia. Um, so, he had a chance. Place, Justin Stites, but... also with Lugia. Uh, this is the, oh, yeah. This is unfortunately 100%. the man that knocked Reagan out of top eight because they tied and he lost the tie, and uh, Reagan lost the tiebreaker. Um, but, like, dude. Before we keep going, I just want to mention something. So if you look at the metagame for Rip. day two, it was almost a... Basically, one in every three ma uh, matches would have been a Lugia. That is... I hate it. <laughs> I, I hate... Every, I hate... I have to say that. Um, uh, fourth place, Xander Bennett with Mew. It's, it's Mew with Oricorio. Clap, 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 clap. Um... It's your standard Mew. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they still play post. Let's be honest. Uh, if you're not playing Oricorio at this point, you're in just done. Final hurrah by Grant Manley because <laughs> that deck is dead with rotation. Uh, sixth place, Austin Charles, another gooey boy deck. A little, I think it's a little bit different than Maxwell's uh, winning list, but regardless. Uh, seventh place, Lance Bradshaw, also with Lugia. Nothing really new to report. And finally, in eighth place, uh, Mew Aerodactyl with, uh, without the fighting energy. Because remember, you and me played uh, both played Mew da- against Mew Dactyl in Charlotte, and they were running the fighting energy, which kind of, you know, shocked both of us. Yeah, like they were playing either the fighting energy or my one opponent that was playing a 2-2 line of Aerodactyl or two Aerodactyl V and yeah, one V-Star was um, playing stone energy. Moving on past I that, was just like, in ninth place, barely bubbling out. What is going out, on right now? <laughs> uh, our, our, good, our good friend here, who we've talked about ad nauseum today alone, uh, Regan Retzlov on Lugia. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that tie in round 15 against Justin is probably what unfortunately sealed his fate out of missing top eight. Um, but, like, moving down, it's more Lugias, more Mews. Yeah. That weird Mew flying Pikachu list. Um, dude, I've honestly been tempted to try this deck. Even though I hate Mew with a burning passion, this is an interesting take. Yeah. But, uh... More Arduras. Uh, 26, Jake Gearhart. This man refuses to stop playing Palkia and Talion until it rotates. Uh, um, he is, this is like his third straight regional with this deck. He refuses to stop to play, stop playing it. Yeah. Um, moving down, more Arcdactyl. Uh, 32nd, Frank Mintmere with, uh, oh, with the Arceus Counterbox deck. That came back. Uh, for those unfamiliar, it is basically Arceus with cards basically meant to uh, yeah. to control slash piss off your opponent. In this case, he has the 1-1 one, one line of Aerodactyl, which can be a path on the stick. You have the Calyrex, which stops them from, I think it was stadiums and special energy, right? Okay. And then uh, the Galarian Zapdos V for the mirror. Uh, Shadow Riders' first attack is uh, special energy in stadiums. Pesky yes. Luminions or some pesky uh, other Pokemon because, hey, it can just attack for free sometimes. Or mostly free. Uh, but continuing to move down again, more Arc, Ar- more Arc Aerodactyls, yep. more uh, Lo- Lost Rays, more Eternatus after just one event. Like, Almost non-existent in this top. I mean, it's in 12th, but you know what I mean. Oh, where's Jose? I didn't see his name. Oh, oh okay. we'll Jose got day oh, two. We'll talk about more. Uh, or not day two. He got John. Ma- uh, he Mastori. just made points. Is this the same Lunarox player that uh, did well at uh, Charlotte? I think it might be. Uh... Yeah, Lunar Rocks. It it actually might be good post, as much as I hate to say it. I have no idea. Because it, I don't think it loses anything really. Fifty fourth. Uh, uh, John Mustori. Charlotte. M O S T O W Y. 
I know, but what was his name? Uh, yeah, Pokestats is a little... Uh, it doesn't really work, but you have to scroll down. I can't control F it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to look for Lunar Rocks. At, at Charlotte, yeah. I, think it's, I, I honestly think it's the same Cause guy. I, yeah, because Lunar Rocks um, made Day 2, well, anyway, I believe. Uh, while Ryan is doing that, I will actually confirm if what I was saying is true or if I'm walking on my ass. Oh, it, it's it's not the same player. Uh, damn, Peter DeMartino. Luna Rocks. That was the first Luna Rocks that I saw, yeah, but I'm getting one. close to the end of points. Yeah, I don't. Uh, unless he, hey, unless he uh, has an unknown, but I'm, uh, I was looking Alfred, for Luna Rocks. I'm, I'm not looking at our, names. Uh, our Charlotte decks after uh, keeping on with uh, RCS Flying Pikachu. But uh, it's very strange. 4-2 uh, RCS, 1-1 one, one, Oh yeah, Pika, this list one, one, is very different than ours, though. 2-2 two, two Vulpix. <laughs> Two celebrations, Eviltol. One Drapion, one Crobat, one Rain Greninja, one Pumpkaboo, one one Fish, four Ultra, four Quake, three Research, one Judge, three Boss, three Incense, one Rope, one Balloon, one Leafy Camo Poncho, one Rope, one Dan. Why is there Dan? Why is there Why is there Dan in this list? I don't get it. Shut up. But I, I guess so. Uh, one Path, one Stadium, four DTE. Uh, three for V guard, two lightning, three water. This is such a weird list. I, I mean, I get it. It, it doesn't change the fact it's weird. Nice. Yeah, I was just about to say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Station uh, V star. Sixty ninth, bro. I this this card. Turbo Zacian. It just hits numbers. But yeah, the, I mean, the rest is pretty much the same decks. I mean, it's Vickavolts, Reggies, Arceus Intellions, yep. Lugia, Arceus oh. Flying Pikas, Lost Boxes, Flaffy Box. Um, oh, boy. But uh, I do want to scroll all the way down and give Clayton May a shout out. Uh, bro, I mean, he's been killing it with Mew. And um, I mean, by the way, uh, remind me looking at his uh, day, place, his round one, I don't know what I he played play against game. because it's an unknown. Um, one ninety one. Um, second round, he lost against Mew Aerodactyl. Third round, one against uh, Lost Box uh, Gudra. Fourth. He lost against just regular Lost Box. Fifth and sixth, he won against two unknown decks. I don't know. Uh, seventh, he tied. Eighth, he won against Reggie's. And ninth, he won against an unknown. But that ended his day at 5-2-2. Yeah. Yeah, he sent his points over chat the other night. And... uh, He's or he sent it to me. 
I don't remember if he sent it over chatter to me. But yeah, he he's close. Like he just has to go yep. to he's going to Hartford. Um I know he's uh, debating so on Portland. Good job, Clayton. Uh, and I know he's going to NAIC, uh, so we, we, we briefly want um, someone two hundred fifty fourth, right? <laughs> Our another local friend, Jose Morero. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, uh, still on that Arc Duraldon train. Uh, yeah. Beating Jose Lucia just one, barely uh, getting in there with points. An unknown round two, losing Lugia in round three, beating Vickavolt round four, losing to to Reggie's round five, tying the mirror in round six. That's another mirror. That must be fucking awful. Is Dark Dura mirror? Uh, seven round seven, losing to Lugia, and then round eight. Beating Vika or beating yeah. Rotom, sorry, and then round nine beating Vika, and I mean like both of those matchups, it must be it must be no. hell for his opponent because like, you, you power <laughs> Raldon, you basically just win. Ending his day five three one again. Like as Ryan said, there's not really much point in us continuing to go down this list. Yeah. These are officially the last events of this standard rotation. The standard, uh, the next event, which is EUIC, is in two weeks. That will be when every uh, rotation is set in stone and Scarlet and Violet is legal. I cannot wait, honestly. 347. Uh, no shout out to 347th. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for whatever reason, there's no name, but it shows shows what they played. I'm so excited, uh, and I think I think for next week, you and me, we're finally gonna do a, uh, finish the rotation series and just talk about yeah. decks, what stuff loses, what stuff, uh, what decks survive, what decks thrive, what comes in, et cetera, et cetera. Um. Yeah, and uh, oh my god, we've been recording for a while. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, uh, I think this is a good time to sign off, there, friend. Yes, sure have. No, is it? I am making. I the feel like we could keep going. This like I, um, I could just start making a bunch of Lieutenant Dan jokes. Oh my god. Anyway, um. So again, before <laughs> again, thank you again. Darryl, okay, Dad. Um, we will be back next week's hopefully same time, same place, talking about rotation and uh, EUIC preview in a like you know kind of sort of way because it applies to EUIC. Um, and uh, yeah, so for myself, for Ryan, for all of our friends down here in Sarasota, for SRQ Pokevets, uh, we will see you all next week. Peace. And this is Ryan signing out. Lieutenant Dan has no legs. Good night. Oh, no. It's lagging. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs>